This is Harry Hog Football. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Redskins and the Rams and how we barely eked it out. We talk about Jim Zorn's play calling in that game and also the upcoming game with the Detroit Lions. This is much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, 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 what's happening? Welcome once again to Harry Hog Football episode number 183. Greetings, my excellent friends. 183. Welcome, Harry Hog Nation. Welcome, Redskins Nation. Welcome. Welcome, you listeners around the globe. We got something to tell y'all tonight. All right, all right. Listen, all right. I don't mean to start off on a negative note, but I'm gonna. So don't. Have you ever watched a Redskins game and felt so this disappointed after a victory in your life? Um. Nope. I don't think I have either. Josh. Negative. 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 Um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh... What's the word I'm looking for here? Disheartening Uh, to see the ineptitude of our offense, which apparently... Well, we can't even go there. They just couldn't score. They couldn't get over that magical goal line for whatever reason. It wasn't even the whole red zone problem that the Redskins have had the last few years. It was was a first and goal problem. Four Mm -hmm. times, four separate drives, it was first and goal... And the Redskins come away with nine points off of three 20-something yard field goals. Mm-hmm. The longest being a 28-yarder. The shortest being a 21-yarder. At least Sweezum hit all his field goals. Yeah, at least he did that or else we would have lost. Yep. Like we and did if he had missed year. one of those three chip shots, he would have been cut! Oh, yeah, dude. It's like anyway. someone once said... It's like someone once said, if... Uh, if you're going to go to the whorehouse, you may as well spend the night. Um, I don't understand that in this context. <laughs> but anyway, it's like someone once said, speak softly and carry a big stick. Anyway. Wasn't that they might be giants? Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, Josh, you I totally it was threw speak me off softly face and right drive there. a Sherman tank. Oh, yeah. No, dude, it speaks softly and carry a big stick. Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, they might be giants. Said, uh, "Speak softly, drive a Sherman Sherman tank." In any event, that has nothing to do with the football game. Nine to seven <laughs> victory. <laughs> nine, victory. Nine, nine to victory seven. The season. Hail victory, dude. It's like someone wants to. When's the last time? It's when's like the last some, time we saw a nine to seven victory for the Redskins uh, or any the other Nationals team? the other night? Uh, <laughs> oh wait, that's baseball, dude. <laughs> dude, all I have to say is this: I'd much rather see an ugly win than a pretty loss. Yeah, you know, right now we are in second place in the East, tied with the Eagles, who got whooped up on by um, Nolans. 
Um, and we all know how Dallas fared in their brand new uh, uh, <laughs> Vegas style venue that they have out there. Mm-hmm. The yeah. more I see of it, other than that huge, awesome jumbotron they have, um, I'm not all that pre- impressed. It's really gaudy. But at least they have I mean, a big, the nice TV magnet. that can watch the playoffs on this year. Yeah. They can put they the can, whole team out there in it. Section 100 and watch the game. Big TV, they can no, kick it. No, Section like the 100, balls. the big, like, standing room state, state, uh, area only section that they filled up, like, to the gills. with the, <laughs> It was like a big sausage fest where all these guys in brand new uh, Tony Romo jerseys were standing shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> and there was no leveling, so everyone was on the same level, so the people in the back couldn't see the field. Shoulder to shoulder, front to back. Front to back. Uh, um, here, yeah, that did not look like fun. John sent me a video that someone took from their uh, phone, I think it was, from the standing room only, and you basically couldn't even see anything because you were on the same level as the field. Yeah. And with a million and it was people like, standing in front of you. And it was like all dudes in brand new, like, sparkling white and blue on non-matching blue jerseys mm-hmm. and backwards baseball caps. Yeah. Tony Romo. Mimic. But I got to say, they were booing. They were at least booing, so there's that. Yeah, they were booing because they couldn't see anything. Yeah. So, so, dudes, how come ESPN is showing Washington listed in last place in the uh, in the conference? It's, alph- it's alphabetical, dude. I was about to say, simple, dude. It's alphabetical order. So, uh... in other words, if you look in the standings like Josh is obviously doing right now, you will see. It's not alphabetical, dudes. I'm looking at it. It's not alphabetical. It's alphabetical Dude, it's, it goes, by place. It goes a, uh, it's a division of points for and points against, and they work the uh, the average that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. alphabetical by place. All I can anyway. say is us and the Giants are the only ones that have won our home games. Yeah, and I also can say that like the point I was trying to get to is no matter how bad that win looked, it still yep. shows up in the win column on the standing sheet. That's right. It's still a win. Nine to seven is ugly, but we can but improve. We're one and one. And I just want to go over some positives since John started off on a negative. Here's some negative. positives from the game. I'm looking at the stat sheet right here. All right. Mark Bolger was held to 125 yards in the air. All right. All right. All Steven right. Jackson. Steven Jackson had 104 yards, but if you'll remember, 58 of those were on one play. So take that one bad, horrible play away. And he was held to whatever that equals, 50 yards, something or other? Sure, something like that. Josh? And Josh, would you care to to weigh in on the math on that? (laughs) And on the flip side of that, Jason Campbell was an impressive 23 of 35 with 242 yards, zero interceptions, and, of course, zero touchdowns. And and for those of you guys out there that are Jason Campbell haters, and I know there's a lot of you, and he has been a little shaky, but uh, he did have two touchdowns dropped. Mm-hmm. Hit the guys in the hands. Devin Thomas and uh, Mike Sellers on separate drives. Touchdown pass hit the guys in the hands. And he had 28 yards rushing. Don't his rush too. You know, I remember specifically there was a play very early in the game where it was a little slant pattern, and he was all late throwing it like he always is. And then, like, two plays later, they ran a similar play, and he hit it. And his timing was suddenly on. It was like, bam, bam, bam. He was totally 
hitting the stuff that he that he's had so much trouble getting the timing down, like three step throw, things like that. And I was, I mean, he really, I thought he made a lot of strides in the game, to be honest. Yeah, and I did like seeing him line him up in some shotgun, some quick throws mm-hmm. from the shotgun, and no uh, huddle. That he was running the no huddle for a while. He was I in like a rhythm. that a lot. He was in a little rhythm there for a while, just until yep. they got down to the ten yard line, and then, he, and then, dude, I have to say, a lot of that's play calling down inside the ten. Because of who? Jim Zorn. Zorn, 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 Zorn
See, and not to mention, here's one other play call down inside the 10 that I wanted to call out on Zorn. And here it is. On the fourth down where he did decide to go, even though we were only up by two points and the Rams would have only had to kick a field goal to win the game. Uh-huh. Um, that was like a half yard. One. It was like a half yard for the first down. Nine times out of ten, if you run a quarterback sneak in that in this league, from that distance, you'll make it. Yeah. And he ran around the end from Portis, and he lost three yards again? Yeah. Dude, we haven't had a quarterback sneak work in Washington since, like, 1998. And yeah. I don't know why. Every coach since Norv Turner has completely abandoned the quarterback sneak on obvious plays like that when they should run it. I think well, quarterbacks I, I, are too yeah. valuable, dude. I think quarterbacks are too valuable. Whatever. I think there's too much of a chance of them getting hurt. All they got to do is take the ball and tuck it in their stomach and fall forward. And because the damn running backs and fullbacks and everyone get behind them and push them, all they got to do is full, fall forward into the chaotic <laughs> funk in front of them, and yeah. they've got the first down. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no dude, sense. I don't know, and dude, the- but you know we. <laughs> We saw Jason Campbell run quite a bit in this past game, and it was nice to see him run. I mean, yeah. he actually, his running looks a lot better. But uh, you mentioned the, the uh, Nationals a little while ago um, when I when I asked about that score. Um, Jason Campbell could go over and uh, take some practice with the Nationals on the slide. He really needs to, uh, to learn to slide, and I think maybe sending him over to a uh, baseball camp might be good for him. He doesn't want to slide. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't like to slide. He likes to kind of just dive in there and get the yards. He's such a big guy. Yeah, I think he's he kind of like that way though. I think he's he kind of like he scares like uh, like people coming in to tackle him because he they don't know if he's going to slide or dive forward and they're all like timid because they don't want to hit him late and then he ends up getting a few extra yards out of that. Yeah, one of these days somebody's going to hit him really hard because he did not slide and he's going to get hurt. He's going to bust a hand. Something like that's going to happen. He's going to take a helmet to the to his throwing arm. I mean, I can see it happening. You know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't. He needs to learn to learn slide. slide to protect himself. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. But on the quarterback sneak, I mean, I don't know if I ever remember seeing a quarterback get injured on a quarterback sneak. I've never seen a quarterback get injured on a quarterback sneak because I haven't seen Washington run a quarterback sneak since 1998. And who was quarterback then? Oh, yeah, you don't remember because there's been 15 of them in the last 15. <laughs> Billy Kilmer? There have only been like 42 quarterbacks since then. I think it was Tony I Mann. believe it was... Um, um, Gus Farratt. No, it was Brad Johnson. Yeah, you're right. Who, after Drew Bledsoe, is probably the slowest quarterback ever in the history of the football, of National Football League. However, he still should sure? go a yard or a half yard, and Norv Turner would never do it because he always <laughs> tried to get all cutesy which is what damn damn Jim Zorn keeps doing. He tries to get all cutesy on these plays, these halfback passes or these shovel passes and stuff. It's almost like he's like, well, let's see if this will work. Let's see if this will work. Ooh, I like this play, this play that I drew up. I want to see if this will work in this situation. Uh, preseason's over, dude. You need to run plays that well, are going to work. Here's a question for mm-hmm. you. How many times in Jim Zorn's career did Jim Zorn, as a quarterback, actually – uh, perform a quarterback sneak. Did he ever run that play himself? I mean, perhaps he has a, uh, know. you know, he has some bitter <laughs> memories of that play from his own experience. Maybe that's why we're not seeing it. Maybe he's been hit so in the head. Norm Turner and Barty Schottenheimer and Steve Spurrier and Joe Gibbs 2.0. Dude, maybe he's been sacked. It's not too many sexy times, enough. That's dude. Why we he's trying to bring sexy back. Calls. Oh, he's trying. 
trying to bring Cecily back. Oh, anyway, yeah. that's right. Let's go ahead and uh, go into our game balls. Spe- Aaron said, "Speaking of sexy, let's go into the game balls." And now, <laughs> the coveted and ever elusive game ball award. Who wants to go first? Don't everyone jump? I'll go. Um, I'm going to give my uh, game ball to Cornelius Griffin. Cornelius. Because he had a sack. One of the coolest first names. Dude, he, he was all a over big the game. He was, he was there, man. He was all over the place. Every time I looked, there he was again. And uh, I can't remember the last time out of 183 episodes that uh, I've been able to really mention Cornelius Griffin in that way. So, uh, yeah, Cornelius. Cornelius Griffin, uh, Cornelius, his line on the game, four tackles, one, the one and only sack by this awesome Redskins defensive front line. Um, for, and he had a sack for six yards, and he defended a pass. That's a solid line for a uh, big fat fatty. One sack, but they were in the That's backfield right. like the whole day. Especially, you know, we all really, really bitched about um, going for it on that fourth and, and half yard at the end of the game and leaving the Rams the chance to come back and score a field goal to win. But I guess Zorn, knowing that they only gave up seven points, he uh, he decided that uh, he was going to let the defense take care of business. And they they bum-rushed Bolger on every one of those plays and didn't get Four him any time to do anything. Plays. So. The last was play that? he got, the last play he actually got the pass off, but it was well covered by Horton. Almost oh yeah, except. yeah. I oh think, yeah. I think they're starting to gel. I think they're starting to gel um, as a mm-hmm. defense now. I mean, you, you know, they've got a couple new players in the mix. They're trying to get all that together, and I truly think that this is a uh, this is a championship caliber defense that we've got on the Redskins this year. Except for one guy, but one of us is going to talk about him in the next round. But I'm going to bring up another guy that's on defense. Um, my game ball goes to Chris Horton, the now, the oh, almost yeah. now and definitely future leader of this defense. This is the second regular season game of the year. And just like last week, you could see him out there pointing out people, telling people to get up on the line on the right side and to get into position and making sure that people are in the right place. And I didn't write it down this last game because I was getting so pissed off. But I think it was Carlos Rod. It was. It was Carlos Rogers. It was in the second quarter, and um, it was a third down. And Carlos Rogers was kind of playing. He wasn't playing too far off, but Chris Horton ran up to his right. He was in the middle, and he ran up, and and number twenty-two was down there on his left side, and he was like waving at him and like move up, move up, move up, because they're going to run a slant. And lo and behold, they ran a slant and caught. He caught it for a, like a six-yard gain and got the first down. Like he totally knows what's going on and what they're getting ready to do. Like the great defensive leaders in this league do, and people still aren't listening to him. Like dumbasses, like Carlos Rogers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to Chris knock Horton that chip off is going to be big just... time for a long time. This guy. This guy has got it going on. He is smart and he can play. He's like the good kid and Absolutely. the smart kid from like Little League football all wrapped into one. Dude is good. Um, and, and my wife says give, he's a good looking guy. So, you know, I don't know. But. I'm going to have to he's give mine hand, to... Is he a uh, handsome fellow? I'm going to have to go ahead and Would you like him. to take a windy walk with him? Hello? Can you guys hear me? <laughs> oh, sorry, Aaron. We were, yeah. what were I'm going to give my we're, game we're, ball right. to Chris Cooley. For having another huge game. 
Sweet. Solid. A couple of uh, third down uh-huh. catches that he caught, and then he always, like, catches them and, like, hugs the ball and turns around and uses his, like, legs to, like, leverage back for, like, two more yards like he's doing a a uh, high jump or something. Yeah, he does now because he fumbled so many times last year when he fought for those extra yards. He's learned. So, um, yeah, he had a couple Dude. of big catches that uh, continued some drives. So, all right. That's, Congratulations. That's Another solid. That's solid, dude. That, Chris Cooley was solid. And I got to say, um, you know, since you mentioned that, good catches, I got to throw a shout-out to Antoine Randall-L. I mean, that one catch Wait, that hold he on, made Josh, 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 like, Josh, stop. Quit messing with Tom's trivia right now because we can't understand you. Well, who are you giving it to? Because we didn't hear it at all. Hello? Hello? Dude, I'm on here. Hello. Oh, there you, you hear are. me. All right, we can hear you now. This, this we have really like, bad. This is what really Josh bad. sounded like. Josh, this is what you sounded like a little bit ago. You, I'm going to give mine to Quavois. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. Which probably won't sound like on that the on the recording. We didn't hear you. Right, right. Okay, well, we have really bad storms here, so you know that's the deal. Um, but uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to Antoine Randall. That catch that he made nice. was on that third was down. Incredible. Oh my! He snatched. I mean, he, it was one of those athletic plays, like Malcolm Kelly made and made previously this year, where the arms just go up and snatch the ball out of midair without thinking. In stride, and, and yeah, the ball was thrown there, like a, the ball was thrown like a hundred miles an hour. It was a laser. I mean, you know, there was some pepper on that ball, and he his arms just went up and grabbed it. And he's not a big guy. I mean, to come down mm-hmm. with that pass, I. I thought that's going to go right through his hands. And to watch him come down with that was incredible. There was some must dudes. It's the second week in a row that he has thrived in the slot as the third receiver. Now, this that's isn't right. his fault, but why the hell was he back returning punts? Um, yeah, what was that about? Although, I, I got to say, he didn't dance. He didn't dance this week. I got to say that, though. Dude, that's because he called, he called, called him when he had like a 12-yard cushion on the first one. Yeah, that's what everyone was booing. No, no but... The one that he did catch that he did not call a fair catch on, he ran forward immediately and did not dance, and look what happened. He got yardage. Anyway. I'm just saying, maybe they're working with him. All right, well. Yeah, maybe. Let's go for an, another couple of shout-outs, guys. It didn't quite make the game balls. Um, Rocky McIntosh is healthy, and he's playing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd yep. was pumped. Even though he only had three carries for five yards... Who? Marcus Mason oh. made the field. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And good to see him. Good to see him there. And Fat Absolutely. Albert had some good plays too. I might add. Fat Albert was up in there, especially in, he was more visible in the first half, but he was still there in the second half on that pressure. Well, in that last series, he I think not batted one down too. He was monster. Yeah. Um, Hainsworth line for the game. Um, he did have that pass defended, like you were just talking about, Aaron. And he had one tackle and two. Uh, Two assists, but I mean he the he was eating those guys up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Man, it was like it was like the uh, those free free biscuits in the morning when you get to the stadium type thing. I think that's part of why Cornelius was able to have such a huge game. Yep, Albert Albert Hainsworth Albert Hainsworth was sliding down the line like butter on a hot skillet. I mean, he was like (laughs) he would start on one side of the line and he'd just slide on across to make to make or assist with a tackle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Much improved it was, it, from last it, week. It was a. Go ahead. 
That's all I had to say. Much improved from last week. Much improved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the dude from the the, uh, Rams, I think it was the center that called him out and said that every time he gets winded, he plays hurt. Uh, I didn't see that this game. And unfortunately, that guy injured his leg early in the game. Someone rolled on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we weren't able to see that battle go forward. And I, I really wanted to see Albert Hainsworth just really, you know, take a bite out of Smith. Sick. Man, Albert Hainsworth, when he landed on Mark Bolger, I thought Mark Bolger was going to be, you know, Mr. Squishy. Dude, he destroyed oh, him. They had to call a timeout after that one, didn't they? I think. It looked like yeah, a gets hurt a lot, but it's not really his fault because their offensive line has been bad for a while. In any event, I think that's all our shout-outs on, on offense. There were some really good stuff, or on a, or game balls. There was some really good stuff. The defense only gave up seven points, albeit it's to the Rams. They only gave up seven points. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that being said. For this week's Kicking the Balls Award. It's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. Brought to you by AOPA, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Go Not ahead. Really. Somebody else. Somebody else. Go first. Aaron, you go first. Uh kicking the balls. Let me. I'm gonna have to give mine to uh, Mike Sellers for dropping that touchdown pass over the middle because it was perfectly thrown. Oof! Right? After he gets the, uh, the contract extension. Yeah, he got the contract extension, and then he had a so-so game. But yeah, captain of a team well, throwing a perfect five-yard pass to another captain of the team in the end zone. Drops yeah. it, warrants a kick. Gotta say, I gotta that agree. Been a I gotta deal. agree. That was that was gonna be mine too. I'll, I'll think of somebody else if John wants to go. All right, and, and speaking of Mike Sellers, I, I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but uh, I, I I think he's he's starting to uh, I think he's hit the crest already. I think he's starting to go back downhill. He is thirty five years old. The crest. Hmm. The crest. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, it's, you know, I think his play has diminished over the last couple of years. And not a lot at all. I'm just saying. Two years ago, Dude, he was he's better a, all the way around. He's a spring chicken. He's a spring chicken compared to me. He has a bitchin' goatee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my kick in the balls, I'll go ahead and give it. Damn D'Angelo Hall. Oh, and my. All I have to say, people, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, thank you. I told you. I told you last year. Yeah, he had a pick here and there, and he got some of the turnovers we needed. But he got burnt so many times last year, and most of the time it didn't matter because dudes got overthrown. But I remember distinctly one where he got burnt, and then he went chasing after the guy, and some backup lineman like rolled into him. And I forget the guy's name. We talked about it last week. He rolled into him like well after the after the play had passed. And, like, hit him. And D'Angelo Hall, like, popped up out of bounds and put his arms up, like, all Dion-esque. Like, man, why you roll into me? Like, I could have made that tackle. <laughs> Even though the dude was well past when it happened. And he had that happen at least three times in the last four games last year. Where he would miss a play completely. Mm-hmm. So it dude, wasn't yeah, only... Go back and listen look, around... It's uh, worse now. Dude. Yep. I go don't back and listen around now. episode He's, 140 or so. We, we talked about it then. 
I don't remember the uh, play specifically, but there was one play he had that was horrible, and I immediately received multiple texts. Texts. I can't even say that. Check texts my notes here. From believe, people that um, and it said like, "Hall sucks." Like, like in a row, like bloop, bloop, bloop. Hall sucks. Bloop, bloop, bloop. The answer, Hall's horrible. Yeah, pretty much. Not only can he, is he not able to cover anywhere near as well as he allegedly could back in the day. Um, he can't tackle. He can't tackle at all. There was one play where the running back was going by him, Steven Jackson, and he just pushed him. Like he was to the side of him instead of putting his arms out and trying to wrap him up mm-hmm. or grabbing him, grabbing him somewhere, trying to pull him down to the damn ground. He just pushed him, both hands on like his right shoulder pad. Mm-hmm. Just pushed him. He pushed him. He pushed him. He needs to get... You know, have uh, Daryl Green come out to camp and show him how to tackle some people. Exactly. But, you know, people thought he was all badass because he made a pick here and there. It, it's it's the whole Deion Sanders thing. Everyone thinks Deion Sanders was this great cornerback, and I guarantee he gave up like twice or three times as many touchdowns as he ever caught and returned for touchdowns himself. Mm-hmm. But we all already know that. Oh, don't even bring up It's Deion. the whole flashy you know, flashy play. Oh, I made a pick and I, I danced about it, even though I got burnt three times in the same game compared to Daryl Green, who like ran back a punt with a broken rib or pulled rib cartilage or whatever the hell it was. Or had like five passes defended and zero. Or was on the zero. Yeah, yeah exactly. And zero interceptions. Or was on the other side of the field and ran down Tony Dorsett from the other side of the field, from out of the camera. And, you know, I'm telling you guys, you Redskins fans out there, stuff you already know. You're preaching to the choir here, dude. Dude, I know. I apologize, <laughs> folks. All right, I started, Josh. I started to reminisce. I started Josh. to reminisce there. Josh, that Get should Get off have, my lawn. That should have given you enough what? time to come up with one. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to give my kick to step on higher. Step on really? higher. For real? <laughs> huh? Really? Okay. Yeah, really. It's the bad hair I mean, day look report. <laughs> look at dude. Look at dude. He's 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 had a um, a rough couple of games. I mean, the guy's having a hard time with his odd body type. He's up there. <laughs> uh, I, you know, guys are just sliding all off of him. And uh, if yeah. there's any weakness I feel at this point on the uh, on the O line, which maybe this brings us into the O line report. I don't know. I feel like uh, Stephon Heyer is uh, is that weak link over there. And, um, I mean, it was obvious on a couple of different plays uh, in this past game that, you know, Stephon Heyer was not uh, Mainly running his plays. weight, so to speak. Mainly running plays. He's doing, I think he's doing okay in pass protection, but they can't run that way. Yeah, he's not horrible in pass protection, but, yeah, Aaron, you're exactly right. They can't run that way. And unfortunately, on the other side of the O line. Oh, oh, let's. <laughs> oh, let's <laughs> hold on. Let's just harumph. go into this. Let's just go into this since Josh brought it up. Harumph, harumph. And now, the Dockery Report. Back to old form in this game. <laughs> Number oh, 66, yeah. Derek Dockery. We haven't heard that. We, <laughs> we haven't heard that in a while. The Dockery Report, back by popular demand. We got an email on this one, actually. Derek Dockery checks in with another two false starts at home. Cut! <laughs> Just like old times when he was my Daryl Pound. Cut! 
<laughs> Just like old times. Oh my. Speaking of your dogs, dude, Justin Tryon, actually, I only saw him get burnt once and it wasn't even really his fault. Yeah, we didn't even mention that Fred Smoot didn't play. Do, what did, Have we heard anything about Smoot? Is he going to be back this week? Man, I hope so. Yeah, I saw try. I saw try on in there, and I was cringing. I was like, "Oh, please, please." He actually wasn't bad. I forget what the play was, but he he, he got burnt. But I think it was on on a. Uh, I think it was zone defense, and the guy went out of his zone, but he kept chasing him because the ball was already thrown to him. So it wasn't really his fault. I think some a linebacker or someone had that middle zone, or it was cover two or something, and the, you know that was the hole. I don't know. Anyway. Yep. I don't know. He also, wasn't bad. He didn't get burnt like damn D'Angelo Hall did. Yeah, we already talked about, speaking of O-line, we already talked about um, Will Montgomery having to come in for um, Randy Thomas, who unfortunately is going to be out for the year, and I heard today that it yep. could be a career-ending injury. Well, whether it's a career-ending injury or not, I think he's played his last game as a Washington Redskin, that's for sure. As much as he's been injured, this is the second, it's the last one, but it's the second torn tricep injury he's had. Mm-hmm. And yep. his salary cap, I don't remember, his his salary number, I forget what the numbers are offhand, but it ain't small for him. He's going to hurt our salary cap for a couple of years going forward, even if this is his last year. Because mm-hmm. he's one of those contracts that kept getting extended and extended and extended. Not that it's going to matter next year, because next year looks like it's going to be an uncapped year, but that's a completely different episode we're going to talk about uh, going forward in uh, the offseason. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's still, we don't have any depth on the O-line because we didn't get an O-lineman in the draft like we said we should have. What? Have, what? We, heard anything, have we heard anything about Mike Williams? How is he progressing? Have we heard as a backup? Do we see him? Being, do we see him... Co- Coming in and taking over for Stefan Heyer? No. No. I haven't heard anything about him, like, you know, outperforming Stefan. You don't think so? I think he's just no. not ready to play, like you guys were saying a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't think he's ready to play at all. And it's still. Despite the okay. nice speaking about him that Jim Zorn has given. It's still not going to help. I think Chad Reinhardt just needs to get in there and do what we drafted him to do. Exactly. Play some football. He wasn't bad in the preseason. No, he he sucks at tackle, but put him in his guard and he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Throw him in there and get Will Montgomery out. Yeah, you got to get him in there. And, you know, just keep it running back back there to to do some chipping or something. Just throw the damn ball downfield. We're playing the Lions this weekend, for God's sake. (laughs) If we can't (laughs) score a touchdown against the Lions... All right, remember last year before the Pittsburgh game, I was like, this is the game that defines our season right here? Yep. Well, I think this game against the Lions is the game that defines our season. Yeah. I don't. I do. I do. I agree completely. Because we could be their first victory in 20 games. We very well could be the team that allows the the Lions to win their first game since 2006. Mm -hmm. I can see it happening, dude. Especially I with can the see irony, it happening because it almost happened against the damn Rams. Especially with the irony that um, they've only beaten us once ever. Yep, and that was in Detroit. I don't see it happening, dudes. 
Sorry. Don't see it happening. Do you realize that both I teams think, that have beat the Lions are undefeated right now? I'll tell you why. I don't see it happening. I'll tell you why. Why? Because you're not going to watch the game. We, oh. Yeah, we flirted, oh. We flirted oh, with the end zone. We flirted with the end zone all game long this past week against the Rams, and we just couldn't get it in there. Hey, <laughs> I see us. Um, <laughs> I see us stepping up and uh, and making that happen this week. And uh, the second reason is our defense. I think our defense is too strong to let the Lions uh, score. I, I see it being a very low-scoring game for the Lions and a moderately scored game for the Redskins. How do you feel about you know, this? I, I, I'm not big on predicting scores, but I think that um, we're looking at maybe uh, you know 21-7 to kind of game. How do you feel a, about uh, this, dude? How do you feel about this scary combination? Um, D'Angelo Hall on Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Matt Stafford may be a rookie, but uh, Calvin Johnson's already caught one sweet touchdown pass this year. And he is he is a man amongst boys. And I used I, to be able, I, I saw him play live a couple times in college. He dude, is the real deal, man. I, dudes, I'm not saying that I it's going to happen. Get, I think the rookie's going to get school. I think the rookie is going to see what it's By like. Who? To some Justin Tryon? He is right. I think Josh has a point see, here, though, because they they haven't played. Like I think a team he's going to see what defense. it's like to take some big hits. He's going to get sacked. He's going to be put in in the uh, in the grass. And oh, you mean the, the quarterback? I think, yeah. All right. The the court the quarterback the quarterback. Oh, and, and Josh, and that's I a think good point. That Go ahead, go ahead. Let me finish. Let me let me yeah, finish. Yeah. I think I think that the defense is going to swarm them, and I think they're going to come quick and early in the, in the game. And I think that when they do that, it's going to get inside of his head. He's a rookie. He's trying to find his way. I think he's going to have a hard time playing the rest of the game after that. That's why I think right. because of our strong defense, it's going to be a low-scoring game for the Lions. And All it's right. going to give the Redskins the opportunity to score moderately throughout the game. He does have a and point there. Because if you look yeah, at the Josh, t- Josh, you're going on the positive tip with, with going along with what you've been saying. You think the defense is gelling and and they're getting stronger and stronger. And if you That's look, right. if you look at the All teams right. that the Lions have played, right. they haven't been teams with dominant defenses. I think you have a very good point, and you got to remember that our defensive ends, one of them is going to be going up against uh, ex Washington Redskin John Jansen on the right side, the Redskins' left side. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? I can't keep that. Would left be a, right. he would be the right tackle, which means it would be left side Philip Philip Daniels. Okay, I think I can't. I can never keep them straight. Which end they're on? Yeah, I think we'll see confirmation of why we let John Jansen go. I think you're right, Josh. I like that. I like that that attitude that the defense is going to be so strong that they're just going to own the Lions at Ford Field. They are. Going to be on turf, which means they're going to be faster. Right. All right. Well, we'll see they what play happens. Two games together. They're having. They've had a chance to gel together, especially the the defensive line working around Haynesworth. We saw Cornelius Griffin be a uh, a, a uh, he he was able to benefit from the fact that Haynesworth was right next to him, like you said earlier, Aaron. And the ends, I think the ends are going to get more and more pressure. I'd like to see a Rackpo up there more. Um, I, I'd like to see him in coverage less. I'd like to see him rushing the passer more. I think we would have more sacks already. I, Josh, I like that. I like the attitude. I just wanted to point out one other thing, though. 
It seems like right, the Redskins Aaron's gonna bring it down. Yeah. Aaron's it seems like the down. Redskins always play the crappiest against teams that they should easily beat. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I think we're I think we're on more of a mission now. I think the Redskins are are realizing, hey, we've got talent. We can do this on offense. We just need to finish the job. I think they realize that on defense, they've got a championship caliber defense, and you know they're coming together as a team that way. They're not they're not saying we're strong on defense, we're we're weak on offense, or vice versa. I think they're starting to realize that as a team, they've got a real a really nice shot at uh, doing some good things this season. So, uh, you yeah. know, I think once they realize that. In their own minds, uh, we're going to start really seeing them do it on the field. And they got booed in their own stadium last week. Exactly. I was going to bring that up, too, that they realize that the fans at home are not happy with the way they play. And most of the guys on the team understand that this was a uh, a judgment being handed down on the offense and especially on uh, Jim Zorn's play calling. But I think we can go right into that um, right after the break. After the break, we'll get into the booing at the stadium. Hey, I just realized something. What's that? I forgot to play the new jingle. You did. I have it sitting right here. Too. We can play it again. You can play that one too if you want. It is our show. Yeah, why not? We'll just have two jingles in a row. It is. Do whatever we want. This is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. Now in high definition. Only at HarryHogFootball.com and RedskinsBook.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. All right, we're back. Welcome back. Speaking of the booing at the Welcome stadium, back. if you guys didn't see the firestorm that ensued from, from one of our rookie linebackers, um, I think he's still on the team. Robert Henson. Can we even a big, call him a big a constipated boo? Can we I mean, call he's him not a... even like a full-fledged rookie. Yeah, he made the team, but he hasn't been even been active for a game yet. Apparently he was tweeting or twitting or whatever about um, how John, do you have the transcript from that handy? Um, working, working, working. To working, su- to sum it up, he tweeting, basically tweeting. called all the fans like uh, uh, people that work nine to five at McDonald's and uh, don't know anything about running a football team and should shut up and. I don't know what you know. I gotta say um, base, that, that got the, that's, that's one of the ahead, things that I love about Reds. That's one of the things that I love about Redskins fans. When we go to games, we'll boo our team just as much as we'll cheer our team because the team needs to know how we feel about it. And you know, we can't be one of those fans that's like, "Yeah, you're so great, even when you suck, you're great." Like the I mean, we, you know, teams that's like one of St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You betcha. Right. You betcha. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree completely. Um, like we said before the break, we weren't booing the defense except for D'Angelo Hall. Um, we were booing the <laughs> offense and the play calling. Mm-hmm. And people are – it's you, we're going to the 18th season since we won a Super Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. We're getting a little antsy here in the greater D.C. area. Um, I've got the Twitter page that is now down. Um, I've got the quotes coming on here. Um, Robert Henson, a horned frog from Texas Christian, draft pick, I think the fifth round. Um, quote, all you fake half-hearted Skids fans can dot dot. I won't go there, but I dislike you very strongly, comma. <laughs> Don't come to FedEx to boo, dim wits, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> um, so in response to the obvious uh, responses he got, he said, No, I didn't play, but I still made more than you in a year, and you, parentheses <laughs> gladly, switch spots with me in a second. And then the question is, who are you to say you know what's best for the team and you work 9 to 5 at McDonald's? All right, now I can understand a player being upset at his team being booed. But who in the hell are you to be dissing on people who pay good money to come and watch a team play that you aren't even good enough to play on yet? (laughs) Or ever! Cut! Cut! This guy needs to be on the Greyhound bus heading back to damn Texas Christian University. And a lot of the same people probably have had season tickets since before this dude was born. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy is, what, 22? <laughs> Do we need Dude, to lace seriously. into him anymore? You're dissing on people. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're working at McDonald's. People that work at McDonald's can't even come see the damn game because it's too much money. They saved up for a damn year to come see the game played by people that should be good enough to beat a team that went 2-14 and 14 last year. One of those victories coming against the Redskins by the way, and this guy's not even good enough to make the active roster. Play yeah. Aaron. And so what if you do work at McDonald's? What's wrong with that? Yeah, what's the big deal about that? A I lot would... of people work at McDonald's. That's why they're still in, 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 you know, serving people the billions and billions a year. Yeah, I would take more pride in working at McDonald's than sitting on a bench and telling people how bad they are for doing their jobs. Uh-huh. He Dude, takes... this guy... This guy... This oh, dude man. takes a paycheck every week for sitting there because he's not good enough to play. Mm-hmm. He's getting the damn the way, minimum, dudes. which is what? Around somewhere north or south of half a million dollars a year. Talk to us when you actually do something. Yeah. Even then, to be dissing on people about what their job is because, oh, man, you just work for this crappy little blah, 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 minimum wage or whatever, you know, what he was inferring in that whole thing. It's like, dude... Just how dare you? By the way, how dare you treat the fans that way? That's just absolutely, positively ludicrous. And how dare he, someone in his privileged state, to be having, you know, living a dream and being able to play in the National Football League, even though he hasn't even played yet? How dare he go to the fans of a storied franchise that's won what five championships since the league was since since what nineteen thirty? Seven? How dare he come in here and say anything like that to any of the fans? He doesn't have any clue what the history of the Washington Redskins is. This guy is just just ignorant. <laughs> Can I get in a word edgewise here? <laughs> no! I'm pissed! Cut! <laughs> Alright, Josh, go ahead. Oh, man. Dudes, what I was going to say is you, you realize that he, he said that about McDonald's, but one of his first jobs was actually at McDonald's. Oh. Are you serious? Yes. And that job he actually came have been, out and said that in the. It couldn't have been. He came more out and said that in the Washington Post that one of his one of his first jobs was actually at McDonald's. 
So why is he cutting on him? I don't know, but that's but that was that was what he's um, actually. Larry Michael had a had an interview with him, and uh, they, they were, he was talking about um, Andre Carter and Philip Daniels. You know, they both talked highly of the guy, and they said, you know, he just made a mistake. He's being young. Blah blah blah. He'll move on from it and learn from it. You know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I just thought it was funny about the McDonald's thing because because uh, then Robert Henson was like, yeah, actually, one of my first jobs was at McDonald's. <laughs> Um, yeah, and B. Mitch pr- pretty much uh, was upset about his comments too. I saw that. Yeah, he pretty much said, "You need to do something before you have any right to talk back to the fans that pay good money to come see the team, to come see you not play, <laughs> come see you not play." All right, and, and and I do want to say that he did apologize on his Twitter page, and now his Twitter page is down. Um, but he did say on there at one point, "quote." I understand the weight that my words carried and how I offended some fans, and for that, again, I apologize. I updated my Twitter, updated everything else, every other social network I was on, saying that I apologize, and not because I'm scared, but just because it was the right thing to do. Uh, And I sincerely apologize to all the fans. I hope I have a long, prosperous career here. Uh, Jonathan's comment here, you won't. (laughs) Um, And I don't want anybody booing me or being negative towards me, because if you've seen me in training camp... I sat out there for hours signing autographs because I love to do this, and the fans are what really keep me going. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm sure this you is sat from out the, there uh, for hours. From, uh, Dan Steinberg's uh, sports blog on the Washington Post. Dude. That was kind of like yeah. when uh, he's kind of like when we went to the Beach Blitz and Larry was like trying to sign autographs, and we we're just like, uh, no. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> dude. Dude. It, what cracks me up on that same on his same blog on Dan Stein's Dan Steinberg's blog, you know Dan Steinberg lists the interview with with uh, Larry Michael on there, and um, <laughs> and then you get down there and you start reading people's comments on there, and uh, and and somebody's like God I miss Frank Herzog, and then this other guy's <laughs> like um, well now that. Uh, when, well, now that uh, Henson has Larry Michael on his side, I'm firmly against him. It's like when a guy gets himself into legal trouble and hires a sleazy lawyer. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. Anyway, uh, do we have a Tom's trivia this week? We do. All right. Uh, Solid. Here, we're going to put Tom's trivia in right here, and then we'll come back and uh, after Tom's trivia and have our closing remarks it's a close race for tom's trivia by the way if you know the answer make sure you send it in to uh, tom at harryhogfootball.com we got a lot more weeks to go but uh a lot of different folks writing in to try to uh try to try to win the uh the grand priaze this year so uh you know tom at harryhogfootball.com is who you want to write with that answer and, and don't be confused he did not say prius we are not giving away a prius that's correct. More like a pizza. Hey, guys. It's Tom calling another episode of Tom's Trivia. Four-game stretch in the past 30 years in which the Redskins have used five different uh, people for extra points during those four games. And I was wondering what the situation was and when it was and what happened. Well, the answer is in 1987, the opener of this, the game, which I was at, uh, 13 years old, uh, Jeff Atkinson was the kicker. And he kicked, uh, I think, one or two extra points in that game, and then he got hurt. Cheap shot by an eagle, most likely uh, Andre Waters. And uh, just because he was the dirtiest player out there. 
Uh, and so our punter, and uh, who also doubled as a uh, very long uh, field goal kicker, Steve Cox, finished the game and kicked a couple extra points in the victory. The next week, we brought in Ali Haji Sheik, affectionately known as Ali Haji Shank, um, one of the worst extra point kickers ever. Uh, but he, I think he only hit 90%. He, he missed a bunch that year. Terrible. Um, he kicked in week two. Again, we lost. I believe we lost because on the mixed extra point. I believe we lost to Atlanta by one point. Then the Redskins, the, the NFL-wide strike happened. Week three, there were no games. So week four, um, Redskins had a guy named Brendan Toibin, T-O-I-B-I-N. Don't really remember anything about him. And then the following week, they brought in somebody else, second-string scab named Obed Ariri, who kicked the last two uh, preseason games. Uh, no, no, not preseason, scab games. So... Uh, over those four games, they had Jess Atkinson, Steve Cox, Ali Haji Sheik, Brendan Toibin, and Obed Ariri. Well, that was, uh, a lot of information there, and the uh, right answer was given by David from Michigan, who pulled into the lead with his second trivia question correct for the year. Well done to David. Well, I'm sorry for, uh, not having a, uh, trivia question last week, because my fault for not getting in soon enough. So I have two for you this week to make up for it. One and reference to the Giants game and one reference to the Rams game. For the Giants game, in honor of our fake field goal touchdown for our first points of the year, the question is, when was the last time the Redskins' first points of the season were not a field goal or an offensive touchdown? To repeat, when was the last time that the Skins scored their first points of the year not via a field goal or an offensive touchdown? I'll let you figure that one out. And in honor of our uh, wonderful offense, um, Last yesterday against the Rams, in which we drove up and down the field between the 20s and couldn't go anywhere, couldn't get into the end zone. And then, of course, the lack of drafting quality offensive players to actually put the ball into the end zone. The question is this. Who was the last person drafted in the first round by the Redskins who made the Pro Bowl as a Redskin to score an offensive touchdown for the Redskins? That's a lot of information there, a lot of words Redskins, but here we go again. The last person that the Redskins took in the first round who not only made the Pro Bowl as a Redskin, but also scored an offensive touchdown for the Redskins. Figure that out. All right, well, uh, hopefully we can uh, continue the little winning streak on here, go to 2-1 to one next week against Detroit, and uh, keep this ball rolling. We got a decent shot of being 5-1 and one before the games get tough, so let's hope we can take advantage of that. Because the schedule is going to get tough for us, and right now it's pretty easy for the rest of the uh, division. So they're gonna, they're going to keep winning. So we need to keep winning, keep pace. Here comes five and one. Let's hope. Yeah, the Reds. All right. So if you know that answer, go ahead and send it in. Tom at Tom's. Uh, sorry, Tom at HarryHogFootball.com. Uh, what else we got, dudes? Um, I want to talk about. This is something that all of us noticed while we were watching the game. Um, at one point late in the game, Jim Zorn had Danny Smith up next to him. And Danny Smith is the special teams coach. He's like a big spark plug on the team. This guy, he is go, go, go 24 hours a day. Um, so there was a point when Jim Zorn ran up and he was getting ready to call timeout. And Danny Smith literally... Literally was jumping in front of him, going, "No, no, 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 no! Don't call timeout yet." Oh yeah, uh, pretty much just like that. That was um, pretty Because hilarious. he needed to let the clock run down. And Jim Zorn's explanation of it was that Danny Smith was totally right that Zorn could not see 
the, uh, the, the, the play clock and that there was so much time left on it, questionable, um, and that Danny Smith was helping him out as one of his assistant coaches should. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it, it just, it's just another example of, does Jim Zorn have too much on his plate going from quarterback's coach in Seattle to head coach, also the offensive coordinator calling plays, and also coaching the quarterbacks on the side? I think that Jim Zorn think just messed that. up on that play, dude. Jim Zorn was going to call a timeout, which would have given the Rams like a lot of time, and Danny Smith was like, not yet, dude. I said when the play clock runs down. Yeah, that's exactly. what I think he was doing, dude. Zorn, That's exactly what I think he was it, doing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what he was doing. And Jim Zorn said later in an interview that Danny Smith was exactly right doing what he was doing because um, some people were questioning that perhaps, you know, why would an assistant coach – be questioning his head coach and and Zorn was like he was he was doing his job, yeah. Why and helping me out? But do you think that Zorn is? Do you think he's got too many uh too many uh, coals in the fire there? I don't know <laughs> what his deal is. He looked all confused. Like I don't know, it dude. Like but Danny I'll tell you, it wasn't, as, it wasn't as bad as Steve Spagnuolo or whatever his name is. You know who who started his career in Washington so, so many years ago and who almost was the head coach last year, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it wasn't as bad as that when, uh, I forget what it was, but it was like, um, they should have just taken, uh, the lay of game, backed it up and replayed the down, but instead they wasted, they burned a timeout. Do you remember that? Like later, late yeah. in the game yeah. for the I Rams, like, I was doing? like, what are you doing? And nobody said anything about yeah. it. And then we like came back from commercial and the guy and the announcer was like, well, I don't know why they didn't just do this. And I was like, dude, that's what I was screaming like a couple of minutes ago, but you know, good for us. They burned the timeout. They burned a timeout so that they wouldn't take a five-yard delay of game penalty on a punt. It didn't matter. They were going to have to punt. They're going to have to punt anyway. That's what I'm saying. It was stupid. So why it, would it you waste like, the timeout for that? Anyway. See, but that's what I'm it, saying. To, to get back to your point there, John, that's what I'm saying, you know, with assistant coaches stepping in. You know, the coach has a lot on them, and, and that may not be something that that coach can think of right then and there if he's thinking about – the next scenario, how much time's left on the clock, how can the team come back and do this and that. He needs his other coaches to be able to step in and say, dude, you know, what are you doing? Don't don't yeah. call a timeout. Take the delay of game. Yeah, here. yeah. And Danny you Smith know? is – yeah, dude, you're exactly right. And Danny Smith has been around for a long time. And, I mean, he's got his <laughs> – he's got his act together. Um, he, he knows what's going on. I know he's very specialized with special teams and everything, but he knows what's going on. And I'm really glad, and I hope Zorn's public face about saying that there wasn't any problem with that and that he was helping him out and doing his job is exactly what went on in private. Because Zorn needs that help. Because Aaron, like you were saying, he, he's kind of space-headed. You know, he kind of gets out there. And we all we already talked about how he thinks, he seems to think too much. You know, he seems to overthink things. Mm-hmm. And, and certain little things, like little things like waiting 26 seconds, for the play clock to kick down or to go down, so you don't give the Rams those extra twenty six seconds at the end of the game, he doesn't seem to think about that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. he needs people around him. He needs his soldiers around him to take care of business like that, and to keep the people like Clinton Portis from from sticking a bug in his ear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think I think yeah, I think we're all we're all pretty much on the same page with that. Yeah. So do you think that 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 as head coach and offensive coordinator and Coach of the quarterbacks needs to give up one or more of those kind of positions. What do you think? 
because well, I, I mean think, he didn't I don't remember. Think he's gonna give up he the went from coach quarterbacks position. coach. <laughs> yeah, well, remember he went from quarterbacks coach to head coach. He never was an offensive coordinator. Never, very rarely called his own plays. I heard I have read that he did call plays occasionally in Seattle or would suggest them, but he's never been a play caller before. Do you think he's got too much going on? Um, I I don't think I can, you know, comment on that without being there and seeing how he handles stuff on the sideline. Yeah, I, I don't know. We don't know the inside scoop. I mean, it seems like a lot to have on your plate. I'd hate to see another offensive coordinator come in and totally throw Jason Campbell another curve at this point in the game when he's just starting to figure out an offense and having some consistency there. Um, I mean, even if even if it was somebody to, to come in and do that and, and call plays and and do it Zorn's way. Zorn's still going to have a hand in that, so he's going to be thinking about it. You know he's probably not going to want to give up the uh, the quarterback's coach role that he's playing there. I think that's what he truly loves to do. And he's certainly not yeah. going to give up the yeah. head coaching position, although he's been sort of thrusted into that position in the past couple of years. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know that there's, there is an answer there. Um, but I think maybe the answer is just what we saw, that he's going to rely a lot on his other coaches to step in and let him know, hey, uh, don't don't be afraid to tell me if I'm doing something and you see something that seems awry, uh, you know, speak up. Don't don't be afraid. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what Danny Smith did. And I think we're going to see. Hopefully, we'll continue to see his other coaches uh, do the same thing because I think that's exactly what Jim Zorn needs to um, to be a, yeah. a, a successful in in his multiple roles. Dude, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. And, man, if you guys think Danny Smith chews a lot of gum now, because if you ever see him, he is chewing like five pieces of hubba bubba at once. You think he <laughs> chews a lot of gum now. The more that he's sitting there trying to keep his coach from doing something dumb, oh, man. I mean, you might as well, like, take stock in, in, in bazooka gum or, or whatever it is that they, they use at the Redskins. They give them to the players for free. Big league. I'm thinking that Bubble Yum's going to be man. on the uniforms next year. Bubble Yum. And Bubble Yum teams. up on the uh, the practice jerseys. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be like, and here comes the spe- here comes the Bubble Yum special teams uh, for the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that about wraps it up for this week's show. Um, yep. Quick what? notes. Quick notes. Uh, wait, 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 know, wait, wait, Randy wait, Thomas wait. Thomas is done. What? What, wait, dude? Well, yeah, you're saying quick notes, what? but uh, we did not mention that the Redskins signed Anthony Aldridge today. They picked him dude, back up. Where was I going? I don't know. You said quick notes. To me, that's more than a quick note. I mean, that's a big deal. That's the fifth running back that we've got on the team. They brought him in from the Houston, Texas practice squad. I mean, how is that not a big deal? Anthony Aldridge has taken up the roster spot of Randy Thomas because if there's one thing we don't need or one thing we do need, it's another running back to take the place of an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. I mean, 10% of our active roster is running backs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So anyway, ten <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're right. Out of what? Dude, five active positions. running backs on the team. There's 24 positions, and five of them are <laughs> running backs. You know, you know what I mean. 53 anyway. active roster players, right? 53 man roster. Five of them are running backs, and uh, so that, it's, that, that's actually that's like 9.8 percent. So yeah, round it's, it up, it's literally almost 10 percent. Good school children do. That's almost 10 percent. That's 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 brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, um, okay, well that about wraps it up, doesn't it? Because we're over an yep, hour. Here. Next game. Uh, okay, uh, next game, Detroit, one o'clock on At Fox. Detroit. 
And um, hopefully the Cowboys will lose again, and the Giants and the Eagles will lose, and we'll win, Especially and then we'll be Cowboys. tied for first. And remember, this week, hail to the Redskins, hail victory. And if you see a Cowboys fan, you know what? Welcome! Welcome! Nice the stadium with the cage dancing with the dance girls. And the guy who can't see anything. Wow. By the way, write us, uh, Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com, and make sure you check in on redskinsbook.com online, the only social network dedicated solely to Redskins fans. Absolutely free, redskinsbook.com. Have a great week.